My name is Jeff Lerner, and I interview elite performers from a wide range of disciplines, entrepreneurs, athletes, celebrities, scientists, artists, and more. This is Unlock Your Potential. Welcome to another episode of Unlock Your Potential. Jeff Lerner, your host, always riveted to be back with you, having amazing conversations with amazing human beings. Today, we are joined by Nick Wood, who was in my town of St. George, Utah, when I first met him, and is now a long ways away, which I'll let him talk about. Um, but before we do, Nick Wood is the king of digital real estate. And that is not just a self-crowned title. That is actually one that I believe Forbes recently referred to him as as well. Founder and CEO of Digital Landlords, a thriving online course community that teaches its students how to create an online side hustle that is resulting in life-changing passive income for many of its members. I'm just going to inject. I know a lot about the digital side hustle industry. And Nick is one of the few that is like super legit and like everything I'm about to say, and he wouldn't be on the show otherwise, but like, you know, suspend your fake guru skepticism for now, because like Nick's actually the real deal. Um, yeah. And it's well, actually the reason I met him before I ever knew I was going to have him on the show is because I'm like, this guy's one of the real deal guys. I want to know what he's doing. So anyway, uh, he went from $60,000 in debt as a struggling entrepreneur to building digital landlords into a multi-million dollar digital real estate empire in less than a year. His mission, this is his words or his bio, his mission is now to help inspire and create the next generation of digital entrepreneurs. He is a reverend. He is a dog and he is absolutely, completely and voraciously money obsessed, which I love that you just freaking say that and claim that. And now we have that to talk about. Anyway, welcome to the show, Nick. Thanks, man. No, that was, uh, that's all true, man. There's no, I'm not, there's no, I got no bones talking about it. So let's dig into it. Dude, I, I love it. You know, uh, that's like such fertile territory for us to go into. But why don't we start with perhaps the most obvious talking point of your life and where you're at right now? And, and I alluded to the fact that you're no longer here in St. George close by. Um, you recently decided to do something pretty interesting with your life. Maybe you could share that with the audience. Yeah. So, um, a couple, couple months ago, this is in, February. My wife and I, we were just in this weird spot that maybe many of you guys are in as a single person or as a uh, someone with a significant other or, or, or married couple, whatever. And we just had been in the same monotony. We've been going to the same gym and the same church and the same this and the same that. And, and every, it, it was like, we needed a change. And my wife came to me and she goes, what do you think about just like going to Florida for a while? And I was like, I like the idea of the, 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 the weather, but that sounds too cliche. I'm like, let's, I got a better idea. So we went, we had dinner and uh, I put a pitch onto her and I said, I'm going to throw something at you. That's crazy. But what if, what if instead of Florida, we moved to West Africa <laughs> and I never expected she'd say yes. And uh, by the end of the dinner, she said yes. And so the next morning I literally woke up before I went to the gym, before I did anything, I booked the tickets. I didn't know where we were going to stay. I didn't have a car. I didn't have any plans. I didn't know where the kids are going to school. I paid for the tickets. And 10 days later, we were on our way. And here how we many are. Ki how many kids and how old? Three kids, nine, six, and four. They all, We didn't know if we're going to do homeschool or what. We said, let's check out some schools. They're actually in a school here. in. I'm in Freetown, Sierra Leone, by the way. I said West Africa. Uh, they love it. And I don't just, I'm not one of those guys that says they love it and they hate it. They really love it. it they've 
thrived. It's been the best thing ever. So we we moved here not for business, not for anything, just because we we needed it. We needed a simplification. We needed to focus on the priorities and and basically figure out our priorities. And it's been it's been amazing. Man. Okay. So you know, I talk a lot about lifestyle design and how I think we're on this earth. We get one one go around, and what we need to be obsessed with is skills acquisition, acquiring those skills that allow us to design the the life for this one that we have to live that we're going to be really excited and proud about when we get to the end of it, right? And like, that's it. I mean, and and serving others, and and there's a there's a way to do it that brings all the the good first principles of living and service and value and treating your fellow man well. Like you can bring all that together. You don't have to be a greedy mercenary asshole to do what I just described. So, yeah. but thank you for embodying that and making it easy for me when people are like, well, what exactly do you mean? Now I'm just gonna be like, well, check out Nick Wood because <laughs> he learned a set of skills that empowered him to in a pretty dramatic visual fashion, you know, we're, we're slow visual learners. Like we, we got to see it to believe it. Right. Like he, you have proved exactly what I'm saying, right? If you get the right skills, you create possibilities for your life that didn't exist. Otherwise, um, that's probably actually, before we go into that, I would love if you could maybe talk a little bit more, let's, let's get into the, the waters of cultural criticism here, because the life that you had here, three kids, successful business, affluent upper class American in a, in a city that's not too big or too small. Like you had the dream, but the dream wasn't doing it for you. So maybe talk a little bit about that and what's changed since you've been out there before we get into the skills. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, that's, I had a couple of people call me and they said, well, like what, what, what's going on? My mother-in-law cried. My parents were like, what are you doing? Um, I had, I had somebody call me and said, Hey, I'm just checking on you. Are you trying? Are you trying to run from something? Is it because you're getting criticism online? Like all this stuff. Right. I was like, no, I love my life. I have a beautiful home, and the kids love. I mean, we really enjoy St. George. We love St. George, uh, but it it's just at the end of the day, like you said, in my mind, what it is is we need to figure out how we can escape, if you want to use the word rat race, escape the hamster wheel, escape the matrix. We need to figure out how we can do what we were called on this earth to do. And the first thing we need to figure out is how to get our money right so that we can actually do that. Right. Because if we're, if we're, we're a slave to our job forever, we can't do that. So, um, no, I had an amazing life in the, in the United States. Um, but it's, that's not everything, right? So this was just, this is the, an itch that could only be scratched by radical change. Yeah. You know, you talk about the rat race, the hamster wheel and so forth. And those are metaphors for, you know, essentially the career ladder, you know, it's, it's about paying the bills, but there's another metaphor. That's the, the hedonic treadmill that gets talked a lot about in psychology. And I actually just had a guy on the show, uh, Dr. Robert Waldinger, who's the head of the Harvard study for adult development. It's the longest and largest running study of what makes human beings truly happy and fulfilled. Mm. And he talked about the the hedonic treadmill and and ultimately what really, really makes human beings fulfilled and determines long-term quality of life is relationships, uh, the quality of relationships, which is you know, a different subject for perhaps a different discussion. But anyway, I talk about that because 
you know, I live here in St. George. I live here in America. I, I essentially am like almost identical to the description I made of you, right? Like affluent, upper class, living in a, live, literally live in the town you used to live in. Not too big, not too small. It's an amazing place. Beautiful nature, beautiful scenery. I have base, wife and kids. I have the American dream, but I'm surrounded by the hedonic treadmill that is American society. And I'm not gonna lie, I have often fantasized about doing what you do. And I haven't done it. Instead, what I've done is I've actually built almost a reclusive life that would be the same wherever I lived, where I get up at the same time, I do my exercise, I play my piano, I do my work, I create my content, I run my team, I see my kids. I like it, I could do this in Sierra Leone, I could do this in Antarctica, you know, to some degree. But so I'm curious, like for you, what was what was pushing you out? What was pushing you away? That is a that is a phenomenal question. It wasn't so much that it was something was pushing me as as it was that something was pulling me. Um, and what I mean by that is I actually spent time in this country 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I spent time in this country uh, actually 13 years ago. Uh, volunteer missionary did did that whole two year missionary trip. And ever since that, I, I just had that thing like, man, wouldn't it be cool to to not only be able to spend time there, but be able to spend time with my family there and to be able to 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 build businesses. So it wasn't so much as a, of a push as it was a pull. Okay. And uh, it, yeah, it's been cool. I've been able to because of everything that I'm, I've done with my business and making money online. I've been able to invest in companies. I've been able to help a couple of, of friends start businesses. And then beyond that stuff, like being immersed by different people, like I've gotten a lot of, uh, I've gotten very um, cultured in terms of like different religions. So like I started reading the Quran because uh, this is a 70% Muslim country. And it, it's been, every time I come to a place like this, it's just very refreshing. It's like a reset. And then it gives me this energy to just go and I'm like, okay, it's not that hard to, to, to make money. I don't have to go and, and pull water out of the ground. I don't have to, you know, clean my own clothes. I don't have to start a wood fire to make food. I have it pretty easy. Uh, let's make sure that I, I don't, you know, fumble this one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. I just, I love it. I'm not going to say I'm envious because if I wanted to, I could, it's more just like, I, I respect the decision and, 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 the, you know, at the end of the day, it's the same. It comes back to the same thing, whether it's a push or a pull, your options are determined by your skills. So that's perhaps a good segue into digital real estate. I've, I've also heard you refer to it as digital drug dealing. Um, I love how unapologetic you are about like, look, the life that you want is on the other side of your ability to pay for it. So like, stop bitching, learn the skills, get more money, do what you want, do what you're yeah. called to do. Um, talk to me about that epiphany for you, that transition, that that growth curve. I mean, you were $60,000 in debt, struggling in other things. Obviously there was a time before you were where you are now and who you are now. So talk to me about before and how you got to where you are. Yeah. So I tried like many people starting different businesses. I was smart enough to realize that online, it had to be online. It's it, the internet is what's the great equalizer. So I had to have something online because I wanted location freedom, but I tried a bunch of different stuff. I tried to start a software company. 
Um, that went nowhere. I went, I partnered with the wrong person. I actually got, uh, I hired a developer from St. George. We'll talk about this off air, but, okay. uh, this person never gave me a line of code and I paid way more money than I care to admit. So that, I mean, and that wasn't the only reason that would have failed regardless. Uh, I, I made, I did all the things I chased. I tried to do white labeled software and start an SEO company and, None of it checked the boxes that I needed. And so finally I'm like, what do I, what boxes do I need checked? Well, I want something that's recurring because I don't want to be paid once on it. I need something that is scalable. I need something that is low barrier to entry because I don't have a lot of money to work with. And I just had all these boxes that were checked. And then the big box was I wanted control and I wanted assets because I had an SEO company that made it paid for my bills for a while, but I remember being in Disneyland and getting a phone call from my biggest client at the time, $4,000 a month. Hey, Nick, this is so-and-so. Uh, yeah, we're done. And you're like, damn, dude, I don't know. You're like looking at your wife eating a $5 churro. You're like, maybe we should right. have come to Disneyland. And I'm like, this is pathetic, man. I, he, I say that I'm free and I'm my own boss, but I have 20 bosses now and I'm more stressed than ever and I'm working my ass. So I needed something that had complete control where if you called me and said you wanted to cancel, then I had the control. And on top of that, I had assets because with an SEO business where I'm taking your website, I'm ranking it to the top of Google. As soon as I do my job, if you decide to cancel, I have nothing to show for it. I've traded time for dollars and I'm no better than the guy that's freaking punching the clock at work. Um. Okay, so... You figured out, and we can get into the the mechanics. The, yeah, I'll, I'll explain what the model is, but that's just kind of the backdrop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can we can hold off on that. I think there's more to explore here. Um, you you mentioned you were you went on a mission. Was that out of college, out of high school? Is out of high school? I I I I think I, I can't remember. You you actually have a degree. You're like smart, actually. Well. Right? Don't give me too much credit. It took me 10 years to get a bachelor's. <laughs> no. Um, and it was in jazz piano, which is like, I might as well just put unemployable on my resume. So. Yeah, but that's actually kind of cool. I mean, that's 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 unique. That's actually a cool thing. Um, no, it was out of high school. I went, I did that out of high school. Didn't know what I want to do. I did I did about four, four and a half years of door-to-door -door sales in there after okay. the, the trip. So well, that's, I mean, screw university, four and a half years of door-to-door -door sales. That's an education. Yeah. And the funny thing is for people that aren't in Utah, that's like kind of an interesting talking point for people that are in Utah, like, oh, you're one of those guys. So uh, yeah, that was, that was one of the most incredible experiences. One of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Mm -hmm. And um, I grew, by the way, I grew up on a farm, moving pipes, doing the driving tractors, like working with my dad from the age of 12 till I was 18. That's hard. Knocking doors in a third world country, uh, trying to sell a message is hard. Knocking doors in uh, Arkansas and Alabama in the blistering sun on the 4th of July. I think that beats all of it. So um, yeah, I mean, that's that's basically how how I, the, the evolution happened. So yeah, I mean, it's, it is funny you mentioned that. It's such a Utah cliche, like go on a mission, knock doors for religion for two years, come back to Utah, go into solar or pest or control alarms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or security. There's like a few categories. 
and and it's and and it but the thing is i mean damn i built a sales floor one time in in utah and it was great i mean that's why that's actually why most of the law like not most but a large number of phone centers phone sales businesses whether it's insurance pharmacy you know medical in you know and so forth they're all based in utah because there's a massive pool of people that got their butts kicked door to door and nothing's harder to sell than religion Especially totally. when you sometimes don't even speak the language, and they're like, "Oh, you mean I get to sit here on the phone and sell stuff and make money? That's easy. I'm not, I'm not right. in a 105 degree heat or whatever." So yeah, that, that is a Utah cliche. But to the rest of the world, you might as well just said you're from Mars. I mean, it is that, that different. But but I love that though because you know I, I'm a, I, I don't think I think not, hopefully no one listening thinks that oh Nick's journey once he found the right thing then it was easy. Once he found this digital real estate thing, or which you're going to explain it, oh, then it was easy. I guarantee you, even when you found the right thing, it was still really, really hard. And if mm-hmm. you hadn't built the muscle of persistence and discipline and playing the long game, game and not only overcoming objections, but overcoming your own internal doubts and objections, if you hadn't built those muscles, you still would have failed even at the right thing. True? 100%. 100%. And, and, the thing that uh, is so interesting is when I see people that that have, you know, they come into the same business that I'm in. They have all the same material because I give it to them. I te- I'm like, do this, do this, do this, this. And it's like, well, it doesn't work for me. And I, and I, the, the, but when I, I've gotten so frustrated, but then I look at it and I go, the biggest issue I see is that people have never finished something hard right? They've never done anything hard. And so in their entire life, when something got hard, they quit. And they told their mom or their dad a story and their mom or dad believed it and they coddled them and whatever. And then they did that with their spouse. And then it's just this habitual thing. And they come to me and they try to give me the story and they don't like the answer that I give them because I I put it right back on them and say, look, you're telling me that this works for 500 other people, people that don't even speak English, people with a speech impediment. We have a guy that's blind that's doing this, that's making money. And it, it, but it doesn't work for you. And I get so frustrated. They're like, and, and then, then the fireworks come. But I think it's because people don't know or haven't built that muscle of sticking to something and just finishing it. And until you build that muscle, you will continue to do that same pattern with everything in life, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting because the things that people don't finish are their things. Like, oh, I had this dream to become a a rock drummer, but I quit taking lessons. Or I had this dream to build a tree house, but I never put it together or whatever. So like people give up on their things, but they always seem to follow through on other people's things for them. Like, well, I did finish college and I did get the job and I do show up every day. And it's like, so it's like when somebody else gives you a program and says, hey, run this, then we're willing to see it through. But when we come up with our own program, because we have the, it, it doesn't have like the social sanction. We don't have a crowd of people around telling us, yes, that's a good choice. Yes, you should do that. Then we don't see it through. And that's what I love about door-to-door sales. You know, I, I actually did door-to-door B2B sales uh, every summer for four years as part of building a business. And that business was never really successful but I still consider it a massive success because of the muscles that I built. Um, but, but 
you know, in door to door sales, you're out there alone on your own enough without the accountability of somebody looking over your shoulder. Yeah, you're going to have to check in with your team lead at the end of the day. But at the end of the day, there's nobody there watching to see if you, you know, rung the bell or knocked the door or, you know, I, I just, you have to develop that self directed motivation to actually do the damn work, exactly. even when nobody's watching and holding you accountable. And, yeah, you're you're right to your point. Like that's that's the X factor for most things. I mean, you like you said, it doesn't it works for these people, but it doesn't work for you. Like I hear that that term. It does. I guess it just doesn't work for me. Like, what the f- does that mean, dude? <laughs> I it's crazy, man. My my goal has been is uh, I want to sh- I want to prove I want to get a, I've gotten a list of like every objection I every time I hear an objection of their specific objection I write it down I'm like I'm gonna find somebody I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna make them successful I'm gonna help them be successful so that that's completely squashed so I have a guy that we're working with he is a retired teacher took a hiatus to or a sabbatical to Thailand or to Australia sorry. And went from zero to $20,000 a month. And the guy has a speech impediment. Like he's got a stutter. Mm-hmm. People, 99% of people with stutters won't even open their mouth because they're embarrassed to talk. This guy's making 20 grand a month. Um, uh, we've got a guy that's blind. I don't even know how this works, but there's like apparently software and he's building websites and we're going to explain the model. Sell, he's, got, he's making money with this model and he's blind. People that are from Nigeria, the, the most scam happy place on the earth. When you hear someone from Nigeria, you're like, oh, this dude's scamming me, slinging people. It's so, it's so funny. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. Okay. Well, you, you must be special then. Nice thing. It's uh, but no, it's true. It's all about that muscle. It's all about, uh, you know, how you, what, what is the quote? How you do one thing is how you do everything. And just, yeah, you just building it up. I mean, it's, it's not that difficult. It's not that complicated. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not that I actually want to parse that. It might be difficult, even though it's actually really simple. Because yeah, simple doesn't mean easy because of human nature, because of our amygdalas, because of our dopamine addictions, because of our culture, because of our inability to delay gratification. Like, sure. And that's why I always, I end up talking about the same stuff over and over and over. People come to this show and they know who I am and they know who guys like you are. And they're like, ah, I want to learn to make money. I want to build a business. I want to be rich. I want to have freedom. And it's like, that all comes after you do the work on yourself. And and the problem is, and, and we don't need to go too far down this rabbit hole. It'll just be kind of gratuitous. But I would say fundamentally, the problem is we live in a culture that teaches us that we're better off betting on other people or other institutions than we are betting on ourselves. And the betting on ourselves is the risk and betting on the job or betting on the degree or betting on the 30-year the, the mortgage or betting on the, the system, the institution, that's the safety. And I actually think that's completely flipped. So, and you're proving it on your own with your family in Sierra Leone, digital drug dealing. Okay. So with that as a setup. Let me, let me add one thing to that because I think, I think for, for audiences probably like yours and for people like you and I, it, it's, it's so cliche to say, but I just, somebody, I would love for somebody to explain to me how it's more risky to start your own company, to bet on you, who, who cares about you more than you? No one. Uh, who, who's going to, stay up late to take care of themselves more than you, no one. Right. How it, on earth is it more risky to have your own thing and, and, and then to, to, to put your, your, your entire life, 
your entire career, your all your energy into someone else's hands because I know your boss cares about you until it starts coming out of their pocket, right? Until it, it really comes down to it. And then we'll see how much they really care about you. But I, I just have never understood that. Yeah, uh, this is a safety net. It's a safety net. What what safety net is it, dude? Go go learn a skill set. Go learn to sell. That's a safety net. I'll go to bed yeah. really good because I'll always have a job. I'm sure if, I, if this whole business burned to ashes, I could hit you up and say, Jeff, I would love to work on commission. Would you give me a job? You say, dude, I'll give you, if you got 20 guys behind you, I got jobs for all of you. Dude, I got a 400,000 give or take dollar a year job. I will put you in right now when you give me, when you make that phone call. So I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like, and it's commission it, only and you'd kill yeah. it. Instantly. And, and, and the, the people and you and I have mutual friends that are just like me that unfortunately, those are the people that you'll never get because they see like, well, I'm going to go do my own thing. But the, the point is, um, not to beat a dead horse, the, the, I, I think we're getting to a point now where it's talked about enough. I hope people are finally realizing, I don't know what recession we're on, but what, what, I don't know if there is, I don't even watch the news, but uh, th that's not a good strategy. So let's bet on ourselves and let's build something that's, that, that will actually support us, our dreams, our family and beyond. When I, when I started hearing the term, the great reset, I got so happy. And that's, I oh, know it, it grew out of tragedy and hardship and a lot of people struggle are struggling. And frankly, a lot more people are going to be struggling, I think. But damn, if this is a fundamental social reset in line with what you just said about who we place our bets on, then I think posterity will reflect on this, this period of civilization as like, this is when humanity save, could be the period when humanity saves itself uh, from, really from, from perdition and ultimately institutional slavery. Um, you know, there's a Ben Franklin quote, or no, maybe it was Thomas Jefferson. Anyway, it was American Revolution era quote that said, effectively, those who are willing to trade their fundamental liberties for a little bit of security deserve neither liberty nor security. And it was talking about, you know, why we have to throw off the, the yoke of the British Empire. But I think that, damn, doesn't that apply right here, right now to this conversation? Because most people are trading the top one to one and a half levels of Maslow's hierarchy for the bottom three and a half to four. Safety, security, predictability, love, esteem, respect, social approval. And then at that fifth level, self-actualization, the opportunity to actually do what you were called to in this world, the, act, the opportunity to actually live a life that you're going to be so freaking glad that you used up your physiology by the time that you die. Because look at everything that I did. Most people are willing to trade that for the illusion, like you said, like I agree, it's an it's an illusion to a large degree of security and comfort in the now. And damn it, if that's not pr pretty much the crusade that I'm on to change too. So that's why we get along so well. Hey, All hey. that to say, tell me how it works, man. So it's, I call it digital drug dealing. That's just my catchy little uh, yeah. Instagram handle. Uh, I Which did works, not by the way. I'll, I'll, I'll give you props. I mean, it's like, and I want to actually talk about the marketing mindset behind it, but you made a decision to double down on, like you say, uh, you know, I think I saw you talking about it. it's a, it's a polarizing way to talk about it. And then also just how frank you are and forthright about money is also polarizing. So you made that decision. Sorry, keep walking me through it, but I do no, want to talk no. about the marketing thought no, behind it. Totally. Too. The only reason I didn't call my business, because we call it digital landlords is, is actually the community and the, the program and everything. But 
Digital drug dealing is kind of like my my the what I really like the name of. And the only reason I didn't is I was worried about ads, which yeah. rightfully so, and SEO and everything. So I my my guy was like, look, that's I, I love it too, but we gotta just use it for the Instagram handle. And I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah. Um reason I call it digital drug dealing is because I've watched enough of these drug shows. I'm one of those like guys that love watching those shows to calm myself down at night. Isn't it funny how it works? Saw that meme. It's like, oh, I, I had to watch a murder show to calm down. <laughs> that's how yeah. I am. You're talking and, like uh, like narcos and shows. Oh, like that. dude, that's yeah. my so oh, good, man. man. That's how I go to sleep. But you know, the the margins in in these in these businesses are so high, right? Like they're ridiculous. That's why they're doing all this crazy stuff. So the margins in this business are very very high, and that's why we do it. So the reason I call it this is the model is very simple. The 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 whole thing is called the digital drug dealing. Imagine, or sorry, this whole thing's called digital landlords. Imagine what is a landlord? If I asked you that, you'd say, okay, it's somebody who owns properties and manages tenants of these properties because they own them, right? Yeah. That's all that it is, but it's online. And instead of building houses, you're building websites. And instead of putting in homeowner or tenants, you know, random people, you're putting in business owners. What we do is we pick local niches like uh, concrete tree service spray foam, home service niches. We go into tier two, tier three cities, cities like St. George. I've made a lot of money in St. George doing this. We build these websites. We match them with local uh, contractors. As they rank on Google, phone calls start to come in. And we just forward the calls from the website to the contractor. And the contractor has their credit card on file with us on our Stripe account every month. And we take our hands off the wheel. They get the leads. We get the, 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 the cut every month or every week, however we structure it. And it's done. And you do it again and again and again. So you're building. Imagine you're a landlord of these little miniature. Imagine you're building like little uh, little townhomes or little single family homes all over the place, all over the the, the internet. And you're putting tenants in them and they're renting. And that piece I talked about earlier of, of control. Now, when Bill calls me and says, hey, Nick, I don't, I don't want your leads. I'm like, no problem, man. Uh, just so you know, I'm, I'm sending these to Jack, right? And he's like, oh, damn, dude, Jack, Jack's my competitor, right? And all I do is I go into my call tracking. I go, I switch the number. Two seconds later, they're going to Jack. See you, Bill. No, literally no work done. I own the asset. I control you're not, they don't own anything. They're just renting my website. That is digital landlording or digital drug dealing. Dude, it's, and, and, and I'll, you know, as someone I used to, as you know, I used to own an agency and we dealt with a lot of people in the home services, uh, verticals, roofing, pest control, landscaping, pool cleaning, carpet cleaning, HVAC, termites, like, and on and on, right? When you take the number of those verticals times the number of markets just in the US, like if anybody's thinking like, well, well, that sounds like it'll be get saturated. I mean, you only need one market, one vertical to be, to have an amazing life for your for you and your family. Like there are literally millions of permutations. I just in St. George right now, um we're we make between 12 and 15,000 dollars net on a couple of, a couple handful of websites and and it's so funny i'll see i'll see these leads come in and these people will put their name and i'm like hey that's my neighbor and sometimes i'll get like my my actual neighbor will be calling my website 
and I'll text them a picture. I'll be like, Hey, it looks like you're looking for concrete. <laughs> like that's kind of yeah, creepy. And just so everyone knows, St. George is about a hundred, 150,000 people, small market. I'd never even heard of it when I met my wife who lives here, lived here. I was like, I've never even heard of St. George, Utah. I mean, the opportunity is so big because right. what you actually need to do it is so small, uh, little town, little I, niche. So that's think, amazing. Even, even Cedar city, Utah, I, which is the, even, I mean, you're like, no one spends money. I thought the same thing. I'm making a couple thousand dollars in Cedar city, Utah, the most, in my opinion, armpit of the entire nation. I live there. I owned a house there. Don't like it. Hey, and they have from, a Shakespeare festival. Man. If they're you're from Cedar, you could you could come at me. I'll I'll tell you. They're not classy. I don't like that town. Um, I'm making money in that city. So yeah, it's uh, everyone always says that. Is it saturated? It's gonna get saturated. Gonna get saturated. Gonna... Dude, I've made millions of dollars in concrete tree service, duct cleaning, and spray foam insulation. Those are and artificial grass. Four or five niches. And literally millions of dollars and taking care of my family, built my yeah. empire on those niches in a couple cities. Yeah. So here's the thing. all the, and, and it's the same thing I'd say about uh, you know every MLM in the world. These are highly saturatable models if everybody was disciplined, everybody was persistent, everybody played the long game, everybody was industrious, everybody was growth-minded and willing to learn and humble. If everybody had those intrinsic qualities, then I agree these opportunities would get saturated. But the reality is, even if you go into a market and you're like, hey, I'm going to go to you know, Poughkeepsie, New York and focused on uh, gutter cleaning, and maybe there's four other people in that town that are literally in the same small town focused on the same small niche, you can still beat them just yeah. by being the one that has developed the best habits. Uh, I make $1,500 a month right now on a website in a, in a city unnamed for the sake of this call in, in a, a niche. You'd probably never thought of it. Cactus removal. I dude, I never, I had a guy ask me, like, can you get me leads with cactus removal? Cause you're selling me leads for this other service. I'm like, maybe let me try it. Boom. Starts crushing it. And the dude's been paying us for like three years. I, I have not talked to the guy personally i have a team and stuff i haven't talked to the guy in over two years and it just keeps paying us cactus removal so so, so there's a formula here that i'm going to challenge people and and by all means go to nick's program and you'll learn how to do this and frankly come to my program at entre institute we have other ways we'll teach you essentially the same fundamental thing or go to anybody else this isn't a here to you know that, pitch us yeah, yeah. but well, i'll just say like but the fundamental thing that's happening here is arbitraging digital skills into the physical economy. Because you talked about the margins, right? And so you think about the underlying economics of what you're doing. You've got a, a person in the home services, any home services category. And you know, whenever they get a lead, they get a customer, they have, you know, a labor cost, they have a physical materials cost, they have, you know, these costs that are intrinsic to the physical economy. And that all the economics are built around in terms of pricing and price tolerance and what people are willing to pay. But when you have arbitraged that act, that economy against the digital skills of lead generation that have no fulfillment costs, virtually no labor, leverage the technology that underlies the internet that runs all the time basically for free, that's where the margin comes from. And this is what I, I feel like, you know, John the Baptist in the wilderness yelling to people, salvation is coming, salvation is coming. And everybody's just like <laughs> not listening. Like, who's that crazy guy? I've been yeah. saying this for a decade. Learn yeah. the digital skills to arbitrage them in the physical economy. And I personally, kind of like you, it's like, well, 
what's the objection? Let me prove it wrong. I've I've done it four different ways to the tune of eight or nine figures in four different implementations of that same fundamental concept of digital skills, arbitrage in the physical economy. And there's people that still tell me it doesn't work. So, so I don't know, man. We're just going to keep um, getting you know what else our cool? heads against the wall. <laughs> I, I know. And there's got to be people. I can't remember what book I read. And at the beginning, there was like a forward. And it's like, well, the world needs fry cooks too, or something like that. It's like, if you don't want to do it, it's fine. Um, the other cool thing about this, about having a skill set of marketing, right? Or let's I mean, there's tons of digital skills. But one thing that I didn't really see coming is now that I know how to get leads, which is the lifeblood of business. And I know how to rank a website. I'm here in Africa. I'm sitting down with legitimate business owners and I'm looking at a deal right now where I just made a proposal for a significant chunk of equity in this company. Yeah. This company is yeah. doing multiple seven figures in West Africa. They've raised $30 million in funding. And guess what? They don't know how to get to X amount of customers fast. And I'm like, dude, that's exactly what I do. So what you don't realize is it's not just about doing the business model. You could you could say, hey, I, I can't find any customers for my pool cleaning business. Let me go get my little brother. Let's start a pool cleaning business. Let's start a dumpster rental business. Let's freaking, this, this deal, if this goes through, it's going to be amazing. It's a phenomenal company. But these skills are, these are your safety net, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I loved, uh, did you ever see the show Undercover Billionaire when Grant Cardone went on it? Dude, did they finish that show? Because I watched the first couple episodes and I loved that show. Did they finish it? Yeah, yeah, they did. And so he killed it. I think he made, five, you know, the goal was a million dollars and I think he did five or 10. But what what his, you know, after, so I actually interviewed him. I had him on the show, but it was before the show had been released. It was in the buildup to the show. Oh, you had Cardone on here. Yeah, I did. But he, couldn't, go, he couldn't tell me the ending because- it hadn't oh, released so yet. Cool. So we kind of so had to like tiptoe around it. But fundamentally, what he came away from it teaching people, because that was, you know, Pueblo, Colorado is frankly not much of a step up from Sierra Leone socioeconomically. Oh, I think the, uh, the median yeah. income there was like 20 grand a year. And he said, look, there's still, you know, any place you go, there's multi-million dollar businesses. And if you're trying to create value quickly, you know, and this is what he did. He's like, find somebody that has a business bring your skills to the table on uh, and show them how you can help them grow their business. Ask for nothing except a piece of the value that you create, helping them grow their business. Simple. It's like so simple, but simple, not easy. You got to have the skills. You got to have the skills. And so maybe take me back. Um, Cause I mean, this is, these are waters I've swam in for a long time now. And like, I've been staying this wrong. You got to have the skills and I know what the skills are and here's how you get the skills and here's how you apply the skills. And a lot of people are like, but I don't get the skills. And it's like, well, just cause you keep going. But, but anyway, when okay. you started, what were the skills? How did you learn them? You know, and it's uh, the, the, the underlying question I'm always asking people when I have on the show is out of the thousand people, give or take that were trying to do what you did how come you succeeded at such a high level and most of them didn't even break even? What was the difference? What did it take? And in this case, what were the skills? Hey there, sorry to interrupt the show, but I just have a quick favor to ask. So we recently broke into the top 100 podcasts 
in the entrepreneurship category. We've been hovering around 75 and we're really trying to push up into like the top 20 and grow the impact of the show. So if you enjoy what we do here and you're a supporter, the biggest thing you could do to help would be to leave us a positive review. Uh, whatever platform you're listening on, you should be able to leave a quick review. Let the world know what you like about the show. Thank you so much for your time and uh, let's get back to it. So 2016, I had a lunch in St. George with a guy you probably would know. And we were chatting and this person had exited this door-to-door thing. And I was like, man, I'm making, I think I made 200 grand that year. And I said, I need a transition that I'm not gonna, like, I gotta get out of this because I got these golden handcuffs. I'm gonna wake up 40 years old and I'd be knocking doors and I don't want that to happen. And I just saw the writing on the wall. I said, help me get out before it's too late. And he said, well, uh, what do you think about, uh, the internet? I was like, I love the internet. So he, he referred me to a podcast. I listened to it. And the person talked about this model, a form of this model. And instantly upon hearing it, I was hooked because I'd read like everybody else, rich dad, poor dad escaped the rat race. And it made sense just was, it was digital. And so how I got into it is I was obsessed. I think I listened to that podcast like three, four times because I couldn't put the idea down. And I was like, well, I don't even know where to start. And so I found out the person, I I did some research. I was like, who's teaching it? I bought a program. I bought a program and went through a program that taught me like how to do SEO, how to build a website. Do you know how many other people bought that program? Do you have any idea? Yeah, uh, over 5,000. Okay. And how many of them have gone on to do what you've done? I I know without a shadow of a doubt, I'm the top person that's come out of that program. To answer your question, uh, it's, it's all about, because I didn't say, uh, if it works, I said, I'll do it till it works. That's it. Yeah. So I, th- this isn't, this is to illustrate a commonality here, not a, not a one-upsmanship. It's, uh, no, 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 you're good. You're and good. honestly, if Nick and I decided to play the one-up game, like we'd have a lot of fun doing it. And ultimately we would just respect whoever won. No, dude, I think you'd, 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 you're, uh, your Porsche would, would whoop my, uh, my G wagon's ass. Let's be honest. No. Well, yeah, but (laughs) that doesn't mean my wife wouldn't rather ride in your G-Wagon than my Porsche, but- Okay, that's something, that's something, okay. Yeah, well, I guess maybe who's driving has something to do with it. I know what you mean. I'd like to believe, but anyway, the point, the reason I, sorry, the the reason I went down this, you know, self-indulgent road here is because when I got started online, kind of the same thing, only it was earlier. I was 2008, late 2008, 2009. I was in a bunch of, same thing. I was in a bunch of debt. I found this community that was teaching this set of skills, which at that time- was called high ticket affiliate marketing. It was basically affiliate marketing specifically focused on products that could pay a thousand dollar commission or more per sale, which is different from most affiliate marketing. But anyway, that was the that was the business model. I later, after a couple of years of being one of the top three to five producers in that community, I later got a job. I say a job, I've never had a job. I got a role as a consulting role to be like a fractional executive with that company. So I actually got to see in their in their database. They had over 40,000 students (laughs) and in six months, I was number three and the vast majority out of 40,000, I'll bet you 39,500 literally never, they never reported a dollar of profit. And it was a self-reporting thing where as you got your commissions in, you would show and they had a leaderboard and they would publish it 99 point whatever percent of those people literally never made a dime. And yet within six months, I was doing 40, between 40 and 70 grand a month. And it's the same damn thing you're talking about, bro. It was just, it was just, I was going to do it until I was, I I burned my boats. I was willing to go down in a blaze of glory. I wasn't going to fail. I was, the only way I was going to fail is if I died. 
Uh, I've heard this quote. I don't remember who said it, but there was something along the lines of don't do not fear the work that has no end, right? Be in it. Even if you know, it's going to be treat it like today's the last day, but be ready for it to take forever. And if you have that mentality, th that's, it's and, no problem. But and my, love my the one, process. Learn exactly. the, the man who loves to walk will walk further than the man who's walking somewhere. True facts. Um, my guess too, is in that program, you were probably eclipsed, maybe not, but I would guess you probably made far more money than the people that started that program. Am I, am I wrong? I would say now. Yeah. No, I, in, in, in the actual model, not in selling how much they were making selling the course, but what I found with 99% of these yeah. things is people go make 5,000 bucks and they're like, I'm going to start selling it. And meanwhile, they don't have the pot to piss in. They've never really done it. They don't know how to show people how to get to big levels because they've never done it. So be very careful. Don't just go like vet people out. Hey, you're selling me a program. How much have you made? How much are you making today? Not from your course, from the thing that you're teaching. And that's very, very yeah, important. Yeah, that's really not from being a, not from selling information on how to do the thing, but from actually doing the thing. Um, and, and, and I'll also say this, you know, that's interesting. You, you, you make that distinction. So when I started Entra, we, I had made top line, I don't know, I'm not here to beat my chest. It was like several eight figures. It was a good number of eight figures, top line, life, total life revenue. And obviously there's a profit margin of that that was enough that I had a really good life, right? Then I started Entra. And Entra has exploded. We're like one of the largest education platforms on the internet. And frankly, I've made more damn money now from Entra than I ever did from doing the stuff that brought that that qualified me to start Entra. But it, it, which is, you know, so I would, I would actually fail that test that you, but, but I've used the skills from doing that stuff as a big part of why Entra has been so successful. So it's it, in a way I'm still doing it again, even as I'm teaching, I'm still building and growing a business. Um, but, but there's also a, there, there's a difference. There's a difference because you have done it once. What I, my yeah, there were real results yeah. before there yeah. was teaching how I got those results. Yeah. And my only reason for saying that is there's a lot of frustration because you see people, they, they learn it. Like I, it, it's, it's bananas. And, and, and they're like, well, now, now I'm teaching. It's like, dude, you, you've never even made $10,000 in this. Yeah. So just be weary uh, and, and ask the tough questions and make sure that the people that are leading you, cause that's the thing that I dealt with. I got into this first program and this whole time I was like, man, I wonder how much they're making. I wonder how much they made in their heyday. And I found out that I had been making three, four times what the person that started yeah. the program had made for, for years. And I'm like, well, I, where do I go now? Because I can't ask them. So just so, be careful. Let me ask this. Uh, I want to get into the money stuff. And by the way, let me ask a question. Do you, I know technically we're scheduled to have a hard stop in eight minutes. Do you have time to go past that if we, if we're into it? Yeah, no, no, no I, I'm good, man. Okay. I've got a, I'm, well, whatever, what I'm doing doesn't matter. I, we can go a few minutes over. I, I think we'll, we'll have occasion to, but before I want to like, like I said, talk about the, the money focus, kind of the psychology of your marketing and your emphasis specifically on the financial piece. Um, cause we all know that there's a, there's a lot of different angles you can approach the conversation with. They can be like the more like family values. There can be the more like charitable, do the work you want in the world. Or there can be like, you know, Dave Chappelle, like I'm rich, bitch. Let me tell you how I did it. Right. And like, you know, they're all angles of the same conversation really. But yeah. before that, I want to ask you kind of a, a personal question. Um, so you're obviously an, an intensely disciplined, rigorous person. The fact that you got, you know, one in 5,000 results with a program proves that was there something else in your life prior to that, 
even before knocking on doors for four and a half years, I'll suggest where it was like, somebody could say, Hey, even as a kid, I could tell this Nick kid, like he had that, that grit that it takes. You know, I think, I think that probably showed signs, but I, I wasn't, you know, there's a two types of people. There's the, Hey, I had, you know, and I know you're not asking, was I entrepreneurial minded, but I've just given this example, but I wasn't the lemonade stand kind of person. Right. I was more just like, just there. I was just chasing girls and the whole thing. But I think there were definitely probably some signs, but honestly, for me, it was, it was kind of an evolution of like doing hard things. Like I, I coming and doing that two year missionary trip, which I wasn't prepared for. That was like that big, hard thing. I did that. And that gave me that confidence. And then, okay, well now maybe I can knock doors. I've never done sales. And now, oh, I just was the top guy on my team. And then the top guy the next year. And then it just kept stacking to where by the time I joined this thing, I'm like, that's just, it was, it was the identity of who I was. So um, I don't, I, I would, of course you ask my parents, they're probably going to say, yeah, he's always been overachiever and blah, 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 blah. But I don't know if I would be that standout against a bunch of other overachievers. I think it was just stacking difficult things and finishing those things and giving every ounce of what I had over and over and over that by the time I got there, that it's just who I am now. It's an identity thing now. Yeah. I mean, thank you for literally verbatim stating what I believe is ultimately at the core of every really, really worthwhile life is just... And the way we say it at Entra and our entrepreneurial value set is we eagerly do hard things well. So we're saying not only we do hard things, we eagerly do them. We're excited. to. It's a privilege to get to do hard things. And we're willing to do them hard enough and long enough to do them well. We eagerly do hard things well. That is literally the essence of a good life. And that is why I believe American society and Western society and frankly, Earth society now is so damn toxic is we glorify comfort which is the yeah. opposite of how we learn to eagerly do hard things well. If if you're a mom or dad or somebody had just handed you the keys to your car, like that car wouldn't feel good buzzing down buzzing down River Road listening to Drake. You know what I mean? Like you you know what it was like driving the freaking jalopy, man. Like that's why it feels good. And uh, mine was like a, mine was a Volkswagen, a used Volkswagen <laughs> Jetta that smelled oh, horribly like cigarettes every time it rained because it would oh. waft out of the carpets. Yeah. Oh, anyway. the waft. What a, what a word. I love that word. <laughs> no, it's so true, dude. Like, it's like, it, it, you know, you, you climb a mountain, the view's amazing. You get dropped there or you take the road. It's like, yeah, it's cool, but it's so much better because of the struggle that you went through to get there. It's, I love that saying you guys have. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um. So then that said... What was it that I said? I said we'll money stuff, money it. stuff. We want to talk about yeah, the yeah, money. Yeah. Okay. So why? So, so yeah, you made that decision and, and I'll just a little bit of context to my, my interest in this. Um, I used to have an ebook called the millionaire shortcut and all the ads were, let me show you the fastest way to become a millionaire, download my ebook, the millionaire shortcut. And I, that's like, we ran that offer for like two years and it was amazing. It converted like crazy, but I felt at a certain point like it was creating an ambiance around my brand and my my place in the market and the conversations that I really wanted to be to represent and be known for that weren't congruent with where I was trying to go and we so we've completely shifted it um but it wasn't but frankly it's a hell of a lot harder now that we don't lead with making money uh and so I'm curious and, and there's no value judgment in anything that I just said but I'm curious like 
how do you think about that? And and frankly, and more, how does the market seem to respond to it? Do, do you feel like you set yourself up for more hate, maybe more attacks? Maybe that's part of the point. But like, why did you pick that especially hyper-focused money angle? And, and let me let me unpack that by saying the thing that everybody else is obsessed with too, but they really, really hate when people hold it up in front of their face and, and remind them how obsessed with it they are. <laughs> oh, I love this conversation. It, it literally comes down to like, I think at the end of the day, there's certain things that we all like, there's certain things that we all want. There's certain things that we don't want to talk about. There's certain things that are taboo. And it's, it's, to me, it's like, that is, it's very, it's very much who I am. And so it, it was natural because uh, th like my branding and my marketing and everything, like even my intro, you heard it, right? The, 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 the thing that you said at the beginning, it's like. Uh, absolutely, completely and voraciously money obsessed. Totally. And uh, it's, dude, I hate when people like money's not everything. It's like, well, I know who doesn't have any. Yeah. You do, you don't. So, um, I, I, frankly, I, I, I've never really thought or noticed. I, if some, if people are talking, it's like, if they're talking great, I mean, it's very simple, right? We live in the attention con economy. This isn't a new conversation. Attention equals dollars. If you can get attention, you can convert it into money and you got to, it's such a noisy world that coming in with us uh, uh, the same angle as everybody else, it's not going to work. And so, yeah, that's going to get you a little bit of, of uh, pushback. I get some hilarious, hilarious comments on my TikToks, uh, people trying to call you out. But at the end of the day, it's like, dude, I don't care. You're not the one that's paying for my life. So um, yeah. I go at it full steam. And uh, by the way, I got some stuff coming that you've seen nothing where I'm getting, I'm going to be so aggressive on this. It's probably going to be over the top, but if it's not already, um, but it's just who I am. How does it affect you in the algorithms? Um, do you get, you know, cause like, gosh, we live in such a like crowdsourced emotional world where basically right. Facebook will give its users the right to upvote or downvote whether or not ads should be allowed to run or what they cost to run. And if, if you agitate enough people, they'll literally say, don't show me this ad, don't show me this ad, don't show me this ad. This right. guy's a mini asshole. This guy's like Gordon Gecko. And then now your ad cost is doubled or you can't reach people. Like, have you have you bumped up against any of that? So, well, I haven't yet, but that's because we we don't run, we don't run any ads. By the way, and, and I'm saying this to somebody that runs a crap load of ads, great positive indicator of the quality of your program that it's growing like it is without having to run ads. <laughs> I, and by the way, I'm not talking against it. We will run ads. We will run ads. But we, the reason that we have not run ads, we, our program, it's not, you know, we're not selling a $400 or what $99 Tylo. I don't know what his thing is, but we're selling a, this is what gets me so frustrated is like, if you would have started Jimmy John's, how much would it cost you? What minimum $500,000 yeah. to have in the bank? I, I actually considered starting at Jimmy John's at one point and I didn't because I couldn't get the loan. <laughs> it's a lot of money, right? You want to start a McDonald's, $1.2 million liquid cash. Now you say you want to start a business. You want to change your life. You want to get out of debt. You want to take care of your mom. You want to buy your dad a Rolex and you don't want to spend any money. Um, that's the problem. So uh, anyway, long story short is we, I don't feel like our stuff, our systems and funnels, we're getting enough organically where- we're, 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 we're not, I mean, we can handle more. I'm not trying to pretend like we're so swamped that we're, but 
we, I'm not to the point where we need to run ads and I want to make sure everything is just buttoned up perfectly. And I want to make sure that I'm providing uh, uh, such a, a service that when we do start running ads, it just takes off. So I believe the best thing you could do for your marketing is get your students, get your clients results. That's the best marketing you can do. So you just probed into something I want to state sort of for the record, and then we can we can dig into a little bit. You're like, I want to provide such a service. Now, this is coming from a person who is absolutely, completely, and voraciously money obsessed. And yet your intention to optimize your business and, 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 and frankly, maximize the profitability of your education platform is to provide such a service. This is why people think that this is, this is my rebuttal to anybody that thinks that wanting money and lots and lots of it makes you greedy or makes you selfish. I suppose those people exist. And, and the, the litmus test is what are they willing to do for money? I guess if you're willing to get involved in like sex trafficking or actual drug dealing, then okay, perhaps you really are a, a greedy SOB and you don't deserve that right. money. But for people that participate in the actual real like white economy, white, I say, not the black market, the white. I know market. what you mean, dude. Don't you know worry. I mean. Okay. You Thank might you. want to clarify because of the world these days. I know what you mean. Don't worry. Yeah, the the the, the white market, so to speak. The the um, white hat, not the black. Yes, hat. the white hat market. Thank you. Um, you you have to be providing value. You have to be providing service. You have to actually be helping people. And ultimately, the best like force multiplier and profit profit multiplier you can have in your entire business is positive word of mouth coming from providing great service and great customer experience. And so it, in a sense, the battle for who can make the most money is the battle who can most selflessly serve in a capitalist market. And so I just want to say that for anybody. That's why I wanted to get into this conversation. I love that you love money because that means you love serving people. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I believe that anyone can go and con a couple people into paying them money. We've all seen it. I think there's something floating around St. George. My, my wife was telling me today, there's someone like pretending to make cookies and taking half the money. And I'm like, dude, forget about it. If I was going to do that, I'd do it for a lot higher ticket item than cookies. But um, anyway, uh, what I'm trying to say is that uh, it's, you're going to get found out if your, if your product does not work. If my product does not actually help people make money, whether it's now or whether it's, if it's now, if it's in a month, it's going to get found out. And so you better make sure that you are getting results because that is how your stuff grows, whether you're selling water or whether you're selling leads or whether you're selling a program that teaches you how to make passive income. That's what one somebody told me. They said, you know, uh, that we're, this is a good friend of, uh, in fact, this person that told me this, I should link you guys up actually. This would be a great person for this podcast, but, um, Hermosi, Alex Hermosi owns portion of this person's business. It's one of his companies. Okay. And he's like, you know, why he's so good. He's like, everyone thinks that he's a, a marketing savant, which don't get me wrong. He's good at marketing. But the reason why his, his program gym launch worked so well is because the people that joined it were making money. They were yeah. like really having success. And that's why his marketing was so damn easy is because, yeah, they saw his ad and like, this guy got, got a beard and he's jacked and let's go talk to four of his students. And okay, we're in. Like, it's not that hard. Get your clients results. You can't you can't sell shit forever if that's what you're doing. Yeah, amen. Um, damn. If we had more time, I actually have company meetings that start in an hour and I have like two hours of prep to cram into the next 55 minutes. No worries. This has been 
all the epicness that I was hoping for when I asked if you could come on the show. I'm glad we finally pulled it off too. It's like took a few a few tries. Um, before we sign off, anything or could you please share with the audience anything else you have to share? And then especially how can they go get more into your world? Yeah, uh, I say this to everyone, whether you want to make passive income, whether you want to play the piano professionally, whatever is the best thing that I ever did to for my business, for everything is I, I sat down one day and I just took turned off my phone and I just said, what does what does Nick want? What does Nick want? And I just sat there and it took me about two hours and I just kept asking myself, what, like, what is it? And I said, well, I wanted, I wrote, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a month. And I was like, okay, why? And then I just kept drilling down and it was exhausting, but I came out with a, like four pages of notes and I was like, that's what makes me tick. This is what I want. And okay, this business, this model is the only thing that's going to allow me to scratch all these itches and to get that thing that I actually want. So before you jump in and yeah, maybe this, what I'm doing sounds interesting. Maybe what Jeff does is your thing. Figure out what it is you want, because if you don't know that, then maybe that, that my thing, Jeff's thing, whatever, it's not going to even get you there. So you got to figure that out. And I know that people talk about that, but that was, I, I wandered aimlessly for, for years until I figured that out. And since then it's like, now everything's just gone. So, so let so. me ask you a question too. Yeah, I'm doing the math. 2016, that was seven years ago. You said your oldest child is nine. Mm -hmm. Okay. So case the point being you had, you were married with child. Throughout all this from, from door yeah, to door. Yeah, from the time you everything. started, right? Because that is the number one thing people say, oh, well, it must've been easy to take the risk. You didn't have kids. No, I had kids. I had, I had a kid the, the, the first summer I was out selling alarms. I mean, we had... <laughs> Yeah, we've I've always had kids, man. Yeah, I'm freaking pumping out kids. <laughs> yeah, well, we're in Utah, right? When in Rome, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or or you were anyway. I just wanted to make sure that the audience caught that point because, like, so many people, they, I always say, never let the reason why you should do a thing be the reason why you don't do the thing. That's if great. you need to lose that. weight. Don't tell me, well, I'm too fat. I get embarrassed when I go to the gym. <laughs> That's why you go no to the damn gym. And if you yeah. have a family, that is why you should be doing this stuff, not why you can't. 100%. Uh, anyway, okay. So um, as far as how to get you, yeah. yeah so here, here's the truth. Um, I wouldn't if if I, I dare you to not go look at my stuff because you'll probably end up buying. I'm just saying that. So no, just kidding. Um, I have a bunch of free stuff. It does, I mean, I'm on everything. Uh, the bet. If you're like, hey, I'd like to learn more about this. If you go to my YouTube channel, I put out 20 plus pieces of content a week. And then I have in the description of there, of my videos, I have a little uh, free training. It's rentsimplesites.com. You watch it. It's like, oh, this is the exact business model. And then you're going to finish it going, okay, what about this? What about this? What about this? And then that's what, where I'll lead you through the rest of it. But that's, I would say, if you want more, I'm on Instagram, all of it, just look up my name, digital. Yeah, we'll, and we'll put the links wherever this appears on YouTube and podcast platforms. We'll put all the links, but uh, I love that. In, in your YouTube descriptions, you have rentsimplesites.com. Dude, this, like I said, it's been everything I hoped it would be. I'm so grateful to know you. I'm so grateful we got connected before you, you left my town. I'm also so excited and happy for you, what you're doing now. This has just been great. I hope we can do it again. I'm sure we will. Appreciate you, Jeff. Thanks, guys. For sure. And of course, to all you viewers and listeners out there, I say this every time. You're the best part of the show. You're why I do what I do every single day. So glad we got to spend this time together. We'll catch you next time. Hey, it's Jeff here. If you liked this episode of Unlock Your Potential, 
It would mean so much if you would like and share the episode on whatever platform you're listening or viewing on. And if you really like what we're doing here and you enjoy this podcast, please consider leaving a review. There is so much work that goes into these episodes and you leaving a positive review lets us know that that work is reaching people and especially it helps us reach other people. Your review could be the reason that someone else decides to tune in, check out this podcast and unlock their potential and ultimately level up the quality of their life. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your support and for listening, especially if you like or share or leave a review. Thank you for helping us spread the word and thank you for unlocking your potential to go make the world and your world a better place.